Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. One of the biggest challenges people have, especially in early recovery, is dealing with the cravings to return to the substance that has been destroying their lives. I remember when I first got sober, I'd hear in AA meetings that some people were still dealing with cravings even decades after getting sober. So how do we deal with the cravings that come in early sobriety and conquer them for good so that this is not a lifetime battle? In today's episode, I'm going to tell you how I went from someone who could not go 15 minutes from the moment I woke up without having a drink to not having a single craving for alcohol for several years. So buckle up. This is going to be a great episode. battled craving alcohol since the moment I first took a drink. At first, it was the excitement of the next party and getting drunk again that quickly turned into thinking about alcohol throughout the workday and craving that first drink when I got home. Eventually, I couldn't wait to get home and would hit the liquor store to get a tall boy for the drive home since I no longer could wait that extra 30 minutes. In the end, the cravings were so strong that I'd have to grab a beer or take a swig off the bottle before I'd even brush my teeth in the morning. That last phase lasted three years until I finally got sober. The craving for alcohol was so strong that I drank almost every waking moment of my life. I had become a slave to alcohol. Getting sober did not solve the craving problem. Yes, after five to seven days, the physical cravings for alcohol go away, but that does not stop the desire to drink for most people. I experienced post-acute withdrawal syndrome for an extended period, which is more neurological than physical. But the strongest craving simply came with learning to live life without my go-to solution for everything. I thought about alcohol when I woke up because it was part of my morning routine for over three years. I got mad. I wanted a drink. If I was depressed or anxious, I wanted a drink. If I was bored, I wanted to drink. When I would ask for advice on this, most people would tell me to avoid my triggers. The problem was, alcohol was such an integral part of my life for so long that everything was a trigger. I drank when I did everything, so everything reminded me of drinking. In the last many years of my drinking, I would bring a beer with me into the shower. If I had to avoid all of my triggers, I would have to quit showering, and that would not be good for anyone. So how do I go from someone who couldn't even take a shower without thinking about drinking to someone that hasn't even had one single craving in probably a decade? I'm going to walk you through the most important steps I took from getting where I was then to where I am now and give you actionable steps you could start doing today to also free you from the constant battle with cravings. The most important step to any change is understanding your current circumstances. That is why the first suggestion I would give is to create a cravings lock. It is important to understand what is causing the craving. That isn't only about recognizing triggers and avoiding them, since not all triggers can be avoided, like how I shouldn't avoid taking showers. This is about learning about your deeper desire to drink. 
Yes, some things that trigger you should definitely be avoided, especially in early sobriety. For example, when I first got sober, I still tried to shoot in a weekly pool tournament at the bar I was a regular at for many years. No surprise that being around my old environment and being around my old drinking buddies caused massive cravings to drink that sometimes would last for days. So early in sobriety, intentionally putting yourself in situations that are high risk for drinking is going to greatly reduce your chances of staying sober. However, what was the deeper reason I consciously chose to put myself in this situation even after knowing that I would suffer through cravings every single time? There were several reasons, but here are a few as an example. Most of my friends at that time were people that I drank with, so I was afraid of not having any friends. I was also bored and looking for something to occupy my time, and the way that I've dealt with boredom my entire adult life was to go out and drink. Then there were other things that were causing deep cravings. Anytime I thought back to my past, I desperately wanted to drink. Things like feeling guilty about the people I've hurt in the past, shame from embarrassing things I've done, and anger and resentment from events in my life that hurt me deeply. These were all emotions that I was trying to drink away, so it was perfectly natural that my first reaction when these emotions bubbled up was to think about drinking. As these and many other things came up, I began logging them. At first, it was more in the style of writing a journal. I'd simply write out how I was feeling. That helps some, since anytime you shine a light on something, it takes away its power a little bit. For myself, I'd been stuffing down my emotions and feelings for so long, the starting to put them on paper began to slowly take away the power they've had over me most of my life. But as much as journaling my cravings and the feelings behind them helped me in the short term, it was still not breaking that cycle of cravings. It only added a temporary solution when they came up. I didn't want to be the person sitting in a meeting that had 20 years of sobriety that was talking about wanting a drink because they've had a really bad day. That was not the life I wanted, so I decided to dig deeper. I'm a data analyst by trade, so I did what I knew and I created an Excel spreadsheet. I'd write down the event that caused the craving and the underlying emotions around it. What I found were four common themes, boredom, loneliness, resentment, and shame. Now, armed with the knowledge of the deeper cause, I knew what I could work on. I was full on in the camp of people that would say sobriety is boring until one good friend looked at me and said, if the only way you think you could have fun is to drink, sobriety isn't boring, you are. That was a hard pill to swallow at first, but then after I got done being mad at him for calling me boring, I realized he was right. So I began looking for things I enjoyed doing. I tried everything from enrolling in meditation classes, taking up hiking, being really bad at golfing, and trying all the things I'd been saying for years that I would try someday. I started finding things that I enjoyed doing, and even in some of the things that I realized were not for me after all, I even found that I was having fun trying new things. And as a bonus, by trying these new things, I was often doing them with other people, so it was also helping with the loneliness problem. For the guilt and resentment problems, I won't go into detail in this episode on that, but if you're interested in the process I use for handling those, listen to episodes 3 and 4 where I go deep into the process I use to deal with those feelings. 
Now, you don't have to totally geek out like me and create charts and graphs to identify the core feeling causing your cravings. I find that just writing the event that caused the craving and the feelings behind that event is sufficient enough for recognizing the patterns and identifying the things you could begin working on. However, if you want to geek out, feel free to send me an email at tim at soberandhappy.com and I'll send you a copy of my spreadsheet. As helpful as the cravings log is for the long-term elimination of cravings, it doesn't always help with the short term. For that, I found the most effective thing for me was leaning into my why for getting sober. People don't change overnight. Change is most often achieved by consistently leaning into the vision of the person we want to become and leaning away from the person we no longer want to be. One of the most typical pieces of advice you'll hear for dealing with cravings is to find a healthy alternative when you want to drink. Although I think this is good advice, I don't want your solution to be simply distracting yourself every time a craving comes up. I want you to be free of cravings forever. To do this, we should take that advice and tie it to your why for getting sober. I want the healthy alternative you choose to have purpose and meaning attached to them. When we do that, it isn't simply a distraction. You're moving closer to your purpose and further away from your addiction with each craving. If your why is to be a better spouse, take your significant other on a date night. If it is to fulfill the dream career the alcohol has stripped you of, do something to work towards that or even just browse job postings of your dream job and imagine what it would feel like to apply for it one day. If your why is to become the parent your children deserve, when you have a craving, choose instead to be present in your child's life. Surprise them with a trip to the park. Help them with their homework. Talk to them about how their day was. Take them to the zoo or play their favorite board games with them. It doesn't really matter what activity you choose. What matters is that you're choosing at that moment to lean into being the parent they deserve to have rather than the one that is withdrawing further away from them with every drink. And I do understand that a lot of people early in recovery may not have contact with their children at the moment. So if that is the case, imagine what it'll be like when they're back in your life. Focus your energy on taking steps towards making that happen. And definitely don't take steps that will take you further away from that beautiful moment. Be creative and use your imagination to find different ways to connect to your why. The more you connect to it, the more it becomes an anchor that keeps you from drifting too far from it, no matter how rough the water gets. Most importantly, realize that cravings are temporary. Don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. You never know when your last chance really is your last chance. So don't gamble away the chance to live the life you're meant to live. If you work on understanding the deeper reasons behind your craving, work towards healing them, and have a strong why you're constantly leaning into, one day you'll wake up and realize your cravings have completely disappeared just like mine did. If it worked for a guy that couldn't take a shower without craving a beer, I promise it could happen for you too. If you're enjoying my podcast and finding it impactful, I only have one favor to ask you. Please share the podcast with other people so that it could help them also. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening and keep living sober and happy.